you're standing, before you're seated, we want to go before the Lord in prayer. We don't do this every Sunday, but I just feel that there are some needs in the house. If you have a need from the Lord today, would you just raise your hand where you're at? All across this place, there's hands that are raised that the Lord, uh, we're asking the Lord to minister to. Yeah, yeah. So would you join me in prayer that God would just meet each person exactly where they're at and what they need? In the name of the Lord, Jesus, we come together in one voice, in one accord, in one spirit. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, right now, by the authority of your word and the power that's in your name, that you would meet each and every need. Lord, we don't need to know what they are. You already do. And I'm asking you now to minister to each hand that was raised. Lord, step into their life even now and make a change, make a difference, make a transformation. Let the great physician, the great financier, Lord, whatever is needed, I'm asking you, Lord, for the peace speaker to step into their lives. I'm asking you for the peace that passes all understanding. I'm asking you for hope where there doesn't seem to be any. I'm asking you for grace where there doesn't seem to be any. I'm asking you for mercy where there doesn't seem to be any. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to do a mighty work in your house right now by your word and your power and the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name I ask it. Now would you just seal these requests with a worship. Jesus, I worship you. I praise you. I lift you. I adore you. I exalt you. You are great to be praised greatly. You are high and lifted up and your train fills the temple. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be back home with you all. We missed you this last week. My wife sends her love, and uh, she's looking forward. She should be in the air right now. Um, and uh, we're going to be picking her up this afternoon, as well as the boys. And my mother-in-law's coming back with us for a couple of weeks. And so uh, we had a great week in Delaware and uh, enjoyed our time with family and our friends and honored my father-in-law last Sunday in a memorial service. And uh, so there was... Good all the way around, got some rest, got back last night, and uh, looking forward to what God has for us today. want to remind you uh, that uh, to be watchful of your emails and things of that nature on the screen in the back for updates of what's going on. Uh, we had a great response, uh, and so we're going to start Grace College on July 20th. On Monday nights, we'll be here in the sanctuary, and we'll just kind of pick up where we left off uh, before COVID hit, and uh, we'll meet together, and then for about five or six weeks, we'll get together, and then we'll take a short break, and then the fall semester will kick in after Labor Day, and uh, that will be a different topic and a different uh, class. So we're looking forward to that starting the 20th. Uh, we're going to be starting up some of the things that uh, we do for ministry, our men will begin uh, to have their men's breakfast on the second Saturday. We'll start that in July again, and then we'll be working on our chain breakers next. And we're just watching the governor as kind of see how this whole COVID thing plays out 
as to when we kick back in our Sunday school and our Sunday school hour and the nursery and things of that nature. So thank you for your flexibility and your understanding in these weird times. I was going to say uncertain, but they're, even if it's beyond uncertain, it's just weird right now. And uh, But God is still in control. He's in, he's in control of weirdness. <laughs> so we're thankful that we have him to lean on. We want to welcome all of our guests today. Thank you for being here at Spirit of Grace with us, as well as all those that are joining us online. Uh, we want to welcome you to the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I'm going to be reading from the book of Proverbs today, two verses in the 23rd chapter of Proverbs. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version today. And uh, I will tell you that Sometimes you get thoughts directly from God when you begin to prepare a message. Sometimes God uses others to say something or you read something or something that happens in your life triggers something and you begin to maneuver a message around what you've experienced. Uh, I will tell you that the, the title of this comes from a message that I heard by uh, a pastor by the name of Stephen Furtick. Some of you know who he is of Elevation Church. I was watching him last night and uh, I'm not preaching his message, but I am going to take a phrase out of his message as my title. And I'm going to entitle this message for you today, Thought Catchers. Thought Catchers. So I'm reading from Proverbs 23, verse six and seven. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. That can be kind of a confusing statement, a passage, if you will. And uh, I believe that the Lord is wanting to speak to somebody today to help us grow in him and help us to withstand some of the stuff that's going on around us. And so I want to minister, like I said, on thought catchers or catchers of thought. Would you just pray with me one more time that God would just speak to us and speak through me. Jesus, I give you all praise and glory. Lord, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for your people. I'm asking you to fill me up and pour me out today with an anointing of your spirit so that the revelation of your word can be caught and embraced and help us to grow and become what you want us to become. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen. Amen. Have you ever wondered where a thought comes from? There's all kinds of thoughts out there. Not, I'm not talking philosophies. I'm not talking formulated ideas that have been documented as to what somebody thinks about a certain topic. I'm talking about those random thoughts that just kind of seem to hit you out of nowhere. Those thoughts that just kind of say, you know, you're, 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 where did that come from? How many of you, and I'm just by myself, okay, some of you are, are, are in agreement with me. Where do thoughts come from? What, what happens? What, something going across the data processing center of my brain, and I'm wondering where it comes from. 
And I got to listening to Pastor Furtick last night, and I'm so thankful for his ministry. And I've never met him. I don't know him. But I have gleaned a lot from him through uh, his ministry online and being able to listen to him. And uh, I got to, to listening to him last night, and uh, he was preaching on thoughts. And he made this statement. He says, for every action, there had to be a thought that preceded the action. And how true that is. We don't realize it because our actions come in the nanoseconds. They just, it, I mean, we don't really realize the decisions that we're making uh, in such a rapid speed, the thoughts that come through our minds that, that we react to. Because, for instance, even me moving my hand and, and doing something, it's all registered first in the thought processes of our minds, and then we react to it or we act upon what's going through our head. And, and, and so what I want to share with you out of this passage of Scripture is uh, one statement in verse seven, and then it's going to I'm going to uh, envelop that thought, if you will. But verse seven starts this way: For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think about will eventually make what you are. What you process through your brain will eventually dictate to your body and to your surroundings what you become. I, I think it's one of the reasons that Paul, Paul understood this, I believe, and it's one of the reasons that he wrote in Romans, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. He also said in Philippians, to the Philippian church, finally, brother, whatsoever is good and think on these things. There's something about our thought patterns that dictate to us what we are going to become and what we are going to express. So if our thoughts are, are improper, our actions become improper. And if our thoughts are good, then our actions become good. And if our thoughts are on God, then our expression is of God. If our thoughts are on our own self, our expressions become selfish. And I believe that one of the things that we are dealing with in this day and age more than anything are thought catchers. What is our mind catching? What thoughts are we reaching out and grabbing? What are we catching as we watch the news? What are we catching as... And, 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 and I'm going to borrow an illustration, but I, some of you, a lot of you are uh, Facebookers or some kind of social media or, or you, you check it. And, and, and I, some people, we need more than just a revival. We just need our thumbs broken for a while. <laughs> so we can stop swiping. But Pastor Furtick said something last night that registered in my mind because I got to then analyze what he said. And it was this. You, as you read something, it is a thought that comes by. And you may keep scrolling or you may hide it or you may comment on it. But you don't necessarily think about that until 10 minutes later you're in a grouchy mood. And you're wondering why you've become grouchy. Because something that you scroll by, your mind caught. And you have now caught a thought. And while you haven't necessarily spent time thinking on that thought, that thought has been there, and now it's in the recesses of your mind, and what is you thinking in your mind is what you are. 
And all of a sudden you become frustrated and grouchy because of the thought that you have caught. We do it daily. Something comes across our mind and we don't even think about it at the moment, but an hour later we start thinking, well, that person looked at me wrong. What was that guy's deal? And all of a sudden it changes the emotional level of where we're at because the thought is then caught and it becomes that which goes inside of us and it goes from our brain to our heart. It goes from our brain to our soul. It goes from our brain to the seat of our emotions. And all of a sudden now our emotions have adjusted and changed based off of the thought that we have randomly hit. Listen, you can't help what thought comes your way. Thoughts just happen. In fact, I Googled it. So, because the internet's always correct. There is no scientific data that can show you where thoughts come from. It's just what we catch. You can't stop it. You're going to have thoughts all of the time. It's going to come. It's going to hit you right upside the head. There's going to be a thought that happens and you're not going to know what to do with it. You're not going to know where it came from. But how you process that thought is what's going to dictate what you're thinking about. You can't stop the thoughts, but you can decide whether you're going to spend time on that thought. Or is that thought just going right into the trash, right into the delete button, automatic spam. And what, what's going on in your, you see, we're thought catchers. We catch all kinds of thoughts all day long, and it just kind of hits us. And we're driving down the road, and all of a sudden a thought just pops up into our head. And, 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 but it's not necessarily the thought that is evil. It's the response to that thought. And so I began reading this scripture, and I want to, to break this passage down just a little bit. Um, I find it interesting that... In our church, if you've been around here any length of time, uh, I won't quiz you today because I don't want to embarrass you, but the five steps of interpretation is word, verse, chapter, book, Bible. That, that's how you interpret a scripture. You figure out what the word means, what the verse means, what the chapter means. What, well, Proverbs is very difficult to do that because Proverbs are a bunch of Proverbs. And so you just stick kind of in the passage because you, the chapter may not, it's not continuous. It's not, it, it doesn't always go together in context, but passages kind of do. And so verse six and seven is kind of a passage. And, and I find going into the words that are in this, that word in verse six, number, uh, verse number six, it says, eat thou not. Now, I like to eat. And so when I look at that, I think about a four course meal. Eat not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. But that word eat in the, in the Hebrew language or Aramaic, I'm not sure which one it was, according to Strong's and according to the meaning of the, the word, it was a war word. It was a fighting word. It had to do with consuming and devouring. It's not just having a meal. He's saying this. Don't conquer the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Well, what does that mean? 
Well, in, in evil eye, the, what, what you see as evil and what you perceive as evil or good or, or ungood, bad, uh, that which is concerning, don't consume it. Don't devour it. In other words, some people here today, it, you're, you're devouring from the news and you're devouring from social media and you're devouring from the radio and you're devouring from the newspapers and you are eating in that which comes from an evil eye because if you watch the news for any length of time or you read the newspaper for any length of time, there's a whole lot of negativity in there. There's a whole lot of evil and the thoughts that are your, 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 start, your mind is starting to catch are not good. And what ends up happening, now am I saying to go around clueless? No, I'm not saying to go around clueless. But what I'm saying is, don't devour it. Don't consume it. Let it be a thought that passes. Because if you really understand and do what the scripture says, and let your mind be transformed by the hand of God, and think about what God has done, and fulfill Philippians 4, 8, and think on all of those kinds of things, when that thought that comes from the one of an evil eye, an evil person, an evil perspective, an evil philosophy, or a not good one, and when that thought comes, you don't necessarily devour it. You recognize that thought, you recognize that deal, but you're able to immediately put it into your spam file because your mind is consumed with the things that are righteous, with the things that are good, with the things that are holy, with the things that are a good report. There's virtue, there's praise. When your mind is consumed with that stuff, all of the flashes and the thoughts, you're not catching those thoughts. Neither desire their dainty meats. That's delicacies. That's, they make it look good when it's not. Have you ever had just a beautiful steak sitting in front of you and the aroma is so good and it's just seasoned right and now you're all hungry. But, but, but then you cut into that meat and it's tough and it's grisly. You see, that's what happens when you catch thoughts that are not designed to be caught. When the adversary or yourself begin to catch selfish things and you catch thoughts that are that are out there, you bring it, he makes it look good, he makes it look righteous, he makes it look just. But as you begin to absorb it, as you begin to eat it, you cut into it, if you will. It becomes rough and tough and grisly. And it's not what was painted. And it's not the picture that you saw. And it's not the aroma that you smelled. All of a sudden, it's a rancid piece of meat. And that's what's happening in the world today. People are catching these thoughts. And it's looking right. And it's looking just. And it's looking good. And it looks like you're doing the right thing at the right time. But you're catching this thought. And when it gets inside of you, you're cutting it open. And when you cut it open, it's all grisly and it's not tasty. And it's just a waste of a good steak. It's not new. The serpent in the Garden of Eden did the same thing with Eve. It goes back to the very beginning. So then you get to verse number seven. For as he thinketh in his heart. That word thinketh means to split open 
It means to calculate. It means to estimate. It means to dwell upon. For as he dwells upon the thought that he catches, if you will, let me read between the lines, in his heart. That word heart is nephesh. It means his soul. It means where his appetites are, emotions, his will, all of those things that we talk about. Hey, when, when you begin to dwell upon that in your soul, in your heart, where the seat of your mind will and emotions is, you have taken that thought that is negative and you have begun to consume it and you have put it down to where your soul is. That's what this word heart means. It's the nephesh. It's where your soul is. It's where the very core of who you are is. And all of a sudden, that thing that you have grabbed that is negative, that is evil, that is bad, here's what's happened. You have absorbed it into your soul, and now it's coloring your mind, your will, and emotions. And so you have now taken that bad thought, or, or what you may even thought was good thought, but it wasn't the right thought, and you have devoured it, you have consumed it, even though the scripture says not to do it, you have done so. And you've begun to dwell on it. And so now it begins to give you a new perspective because now you're seeing through your mind, through your will, through your emotions, this thought that you have consumed. The problem is he's not with you. Eat and drink, say he to thee. Devour it. Uh, the word drink means this drink from the wrath. It doesn't just mean to drink. Drink from the wrath of God. Here, the, are, you, are you kind of catching what's happening? You take that random thought, you begin to dwell on that random thought, you devour it, you eat it, and then he says, Keep going, keep eating, just like the serpent told Eve, keep eating. But when you're eating and drinking at that point in time, you're eating and drinking the wrath of the Lord. You're eating his anger. And he keeps telling you to eat it. Just eat it and eat it and eat it. But notice then what the last phrase says. But his heart's not with you. He knows it's bad. He's not taking. Listen, there's too many of us that are eating from the thoughts of those that have put in a thought into our life, that have spoken a thought into our life, and we grabbed a hold of it, and they're saying, yeah, it's the right thing, but they're not believing what they're putting into you. And yet it's consuming you, and it's rotting you from the inside out. His heart is not with you. That heart there is not the same heart as the beginning of verse 7. It is lev, L-E-B, and it's just the inner spirit of man. You have just made your spirit rotten. Because you have caught a thought. So what's the answer? Since we when, since we read it, here's, here's the answer. How are you processing your thoughts? What questions are you asking when those random thoughts come zipping by? What, what, what are you spending your time on? What are you listening to? Because I here, here's what I can tell you is. You may be different than me, and that's okay. I have never heard the audible voice of God. He's never reached his head out of the clouds and said to him. Don't know that he talks like that anyhow. 
Maybe it's George Burns or Morgan Freeman. I don't know. Who knows? I've never heard it. So when God speaks to me, how does he speak to me? He speaks to me through thought. He speaks to me. He drops a thought in my path. And that's great. And I'm appreciative of that. But so does the enemy. I've never heard the devil speak to me. If he did, I might think of the Wizard of Oz and the Green Witch. I don't know. I don't, I've never heard his voice specifically speak to me. But he has placed thoughts. And then my own self had placed thoughts. better looking than that person. <laughs> I've got it together. They don't. Those thoughts aren't from the devil. It's not from God. It's just from me. We've got it all. So how do you figure out where the thoughts are coming? The way that you figure out what thoughts to catch and what thoughts to stay away from is simply this. What thoughts line up with his word? What thoughts make sense based on this? Which tells me something. If you don't know this, you don't know where your thoughts are coming from. And which thoughts to think about. And which thoughts to be consumed by. And which thoughts to absorb. That there, there's something that happens in the Word of God when the Word of God begins to pour out into us. For instance, have you ever had the thought, God just doesn't love me? Anybody honest enough to say we, we I'm going through something so miserable right now, I'm sure that God doesn't, or God's mad at me. Can I just tell you something? That thought goes against Scripture. Because God is love. And if he is love, he can't do anything but help to love. So if he's causing some problems in your life, it's not because he's mad at you or he's angry at you or he doesn't like you anymore. It's because he loves you enough to straighten you out. So if you're trying to absorb, because here's what happens. We, we grab off this thought, God doesn't love me. And then we start dwelling on it. And then all of a sudden we go back the last 20 years and we list all the times that we think God wasn't there and God let us down and God messed up and God did this and, and God did that. And all of a sudden we are a jumbled mess of thoughts and thinking and it eats the inside of us up and all of a sudden we're mad at God. We don't want to be in church. We don't want to be around God. We don't want to be around God's people. Listen, all that's happened is you have caught the wrong thought and you've thought about it too long and it's gotten on the inside of you and it's done exactly what the proverb says. It's eaten away at you when if you would have realized at the very beginning when that thought came that if you would have said, hey, listen, that thought says God doesn't love me, but the Word of God says it does. God says He's loved me from the very beginning. And if you read Romans 3, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. There is nothing that I can do. There's nothing so bad that I can uh, do that would separate us 
from the love of Christ. The only way that I can be separated from his love is if I consume the wrong thought and I walk away from his love. So what thought are you catching in process? Is it the thought that God has placed in your path that says you are my chosen vessel? That I speak highly of you, I think you're the apple of my eye? Or is it the thought that, hmm, you messed up again? How many have ever had the thought, well, that's just not me. I, I don't know how to do that. I'm not good at that. Listen, check that thought at the door and say, I may not be good at it, but the thought is that which God has equipped me to do, I can do all things through him which strengtheneth me. Are you getting the, the picture here today? I think what we're dealing with in this age and this society is not a action problem. It is a thought problem. What thoughts are we catching? What thoughts are we thinking about? What thoughts are we dwelling on? Is it the thoughts that are being put out there from the one that has the evil eye? Or is it the thoughts that are being put out there by the grace of God and the mercy of God? What are you listening to? What are you absorbing? What are you grabbing a hold of? What thought are you catching? I used to think that there were times where God had forgotten me as a minister. Forgotten that he had called me when I was 11. And so I would try to pry doors open that should have never been opened. I tried to do things that I should have never been trying to do. You see, I used to, and when I first started my ministry, oh my God, help me, Lord, because I was terrible. I don't know how much better I am now, but I'm different. <laughs> because when I first started to preach, or when I first started to teach, I tried to do it like my heroes did it. And so I would try to teach with the substance of Dave Norris. But Dave Norris was so laid back. So I would try to take his substance. And, and, and I would try to preach with the energy of Anthony Trout. Now you, you, you all don't know who these, these men are, but these were in my formative ministry years. Anthony was a maniac. He would get up and he would rear back and hit. his energy level would hit the ceiling within 30 seconds of his message. And, and, and the substance of Dave, you, Dave Norris, I could sit down with 30 seconds and I'd have enough material in 30 seconds to last two semesters of study. That's just the kind of person he was. And then if I took on a little bit of Pastor Wayne Trout, I could go to Genesis to Revelation all in one message. Because that's how he preached. He covered it all. And then if I got really crazy, I could be a little bit like Sister Trout, who was a blend of all of them. 
And then if I, when I got to Kansas City, I loved how Pastor Gleason, and there's a lot of Pastor Gleason in the way I preach because I, after spending 16 years of hearing him and modeling some of my ministry after him, I noticed that some of my preaching, my mom pointed out, you saw this like Stan. I said, I'll take that as a compliment. He's a great preacher, great pastor. I, I, I've seen other friends like, like Jonathan Super, who, who you all know is a maniac. And I say that in the most fierce terms for you that are watching online. <laughs> He's one of my best friends. I call him pastor. But you've all been around when the Holy Ghost hits him and he just kind of goes off the walls. I love that. And so in the early parts of my ministry, I was trying to take all of this. And I forgot that God called me to be me. And he did not call me to be these others. Now, I have taken from all different kinds of people that I have watched and I have listened and I have put it into my own thing. But what you're getting over the last several years is simply Tim Sanders. And that's good enough for me because it's good enough for God. He called me to be who I am. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. Don't catch a hold of the thought that says you're not enough. Don't catch the thought that he called somebody else and if I could just be like somebody else and, I mean, and you start comparing yourself. To, listen, he didn't put his hand of approval on you because he wanted you to be like somebody else. He put his hand of approval upon you because he wanted to be you. And your experiences and what you have been through and gone through, God has taken and molded and formed you into something that he wants to use. I can't be that to you and you can't be that to me because we have a different background. We have a different understanding. We have different experiences because God called you and God called me and we're supposed to be what God called us to be and not be to be what you should be. And so don't try to be somebody else. Just look at God and when that thought comes and says, if I was just like this person, if I could teach like this person, if I could research like this person, if I could just talk like this, forget all of that and begin to take the thought that God says, I have chosen you from the foundation of the world. I have placed you in this time and in this era and in this series of, of seasons for a specific let me say it one other way. I'm thankful for Simon Peter. I'm thankful for the Apostle Paul. I'm thankful for St. John and Matthew and Mark. I'm thankful for Dr. Luke who wrote his book and the book of Acts. I'm thankful for all of those. I really am. I'm so thankful that we can look back on the prophets and the kings like David and Solomon and Joshua and, and Gideon and all of the heroes of the faith. I'm so thankful that we have that. But you want to know what? He didn't call the Apostle Paul for 2020. He didn't call the Apostle Simon Peter for 2020. He called you and he called me. We're the ones that are here right now. It's not up to Simon, Peter, and Paul. We can use the words that God spoke through them, and we can use their examples, but he didn't put them here at this era. He didn't put them here for this season. He put you and he put me in this season. Why are we trying to be like them? Why are we saying, man, I wish I could preach like Paul or, or teach like Simon, Peter or, or do any of the things that the... Listen, do what God designed you to do. Re, uh, ignore that thought that says, I've got to be something that I'm not. I just need to be who I am and who I uh, come into contact 
good. God will help me influence them. What thoughts are you catching? What thoughts are you catching? There are so many provocative thoughts out there right now. There's all the racial stuff. There's all the riot stuff. There's all the COVID stuff. There's all the, the Bill of Rights stuff. It's an election season. There's two different parties battling. There's a third party and a fourth party that's battling. You've got Congress, the Senate, the presidency, the local elections. You've got all of that coming up, and you've got all of the things that are going on. There are all kinds of thought that is out there. There's all kinds of things that you can catch on to and wear you down and wear you out. Uh, there's a passage in the scripture, and I can't remember where it's at right now, but it says that the adversary, the enemy, the devil is going to try to wear the saints out. I come against that. That thought that I'm going to be weary in well-doing. Here's what I'm going to think about. In due season, I will reap. You may get tired, but keep pushing. Don't absorb that thought. Don't catch that thought. Catch the thought that I have plans for you. Catch the thought that says, I see you where you're at. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am in control. I'm bigger than your problems. I'm bigger than your circumstance. I'm bigger than your situation. Listen to the right thoughts and absorb the right thoughts so that the right thoughts can make you whole. Instead of eating you up from the inside. What you thinking about today? What thoughts are you grabbing a hold of? What thoughts are you catching? What thoughts are you devouring? I want to invite you to stand. All across this building and online, if you're watching in your home, if you're listening in the car, wherever you are, would you acknowledge today by the raising of a hand that you have been absorbing wrong thought? I'm not talking about sinful thought. I'm just thoughts that are wearing you out. Thoughts that are consuming your time and your energy. All across here, and I've got to believe those that are watching online are, are experiencing the same things. Here's what I have come to tell somebody. It doesn't have to be that way. Grab the thought from the word of God and absorb that and ignore the other thoughts that you can't help. It's just going to show up, but you don't have to dwell on them. I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, in the name of your wonderful, powerful, awe-inspiring Jesus, wash us right now and cleanse us. Create within us new spirits. Search our hearts and know our ways. If there be any unclean thing, I'm asking you to wash us and cleanse us with the washing of water by your word. Purge us, O oh God, from the thoughts 
that have hindered us from the thought processes that us down. Lord, not just those sinful thoughts. I'm just, Lord, I'm talking about those thoughts that are all around us that, that have caused us to be damaged from the inside out. I'm asking you, Jesus, to silence those thoughts. I'm asking you, Lord, to give us wisdom and understanding to recognize what thoughts to delete and what thoughts to absorb. I am asking you, Lord Jesus, to go before us and stand in between us. Lord, when something comes our way that we can't even help, help us to disregard that thought based on the thought of who you are and the thought of what your word says. I'm asking you, Lord, to release your voice through the thoughts of your people and help us to absorb that which you're trying to get into us. For you have created us in your image. You have called us by a calling. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And you have chosen us in this day and in this age to be what you want us to be. Each individual, Lord God, I'm asking you to help us to dwell on that thought. Help us to absorb those thoughts. Help us to lean on those thoughts in the dark and dreary days that, are in, in, that we're dwelling in. Help us to see the light of who you are inside of us and allow us to experience the almighty embrace of the master. I silence by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the blood of the lamb, the voice of the enemy right now. You have no authority, you have no power, you have no rights. You are a fallen vessel. You are a defeated foe. And I have read the end of the story and I have been made more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And I will rest on what he has spoken over me. That I am a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. I am the apple of his eye. I am the sheep of his pasture. I know his voice. I know his thought. I will listen to that. I will stand on that promise. I will stand on the promise of who he is and has been to me in the name of Jesus. Lord, and now one more time, I step into the life of each person that is here and that can hear my voice. And I loose Almighty God into their life. I loose the anointing of the Spirit into their life. I loose the Spirit of God like never before. I loose the blessings of God. Lord Jesus, not that I can do it, but that you can do it. And Lord, let your voice and your thoughts be prevalent in the... In front of our brains and in the forefront of our minds and allow us to absorb and consume that which you are speaking so that we can be whole in everything you've desired us to be. In Jesus' name. Now will you seal that with a worship? All across this place, would you raise your hands, clap your hands, lift your voices in praise. Jesus, we love you, we adore you, we exalt you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are high and lifted up and your train fills the temple. Your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. Lord, you see the end from the beginning. You know exactly where we're at. And you promised that you would never leave us. 
nor forsake us. I appreciate all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. You are our great king, and our great, all power and dominion belongs to you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Here's what I want to challenge you this week to do. Begin to pray for one another this week. That our thoughts would be Philippians thoughts. If you don't know what that is, read Philippians 4, 8 tonight. And we would not be consumed with the thoughts that are in this world today. It's very easy to do, and we've all done it. But especially this week, let's just block all that out. If it means we have to turn off social media, if it means that we have to turn off the news and not pick up a newspaper, if that's what it takes for us to block those thoughts, then do that. I'll tell you, the last week I haven't watched or seen hardly any of it, and I'm better off for it. Praise God. Beginning next Sunday, we'll share this with you a little bit more, but we're going to call our church to a month-long fast. And uh, we're going to do it creatively like we usually do it. We usually do it earlier in the spring, but with COVID, we weren't together. But from July 5th to August, whatever that Sunday is closest to the 5th, uh, we're going to have a month-long fast. We'll share what it is uh, each week. And, uh, and, and I just want you to, in, in prayer this week, just be starting to prepare yourself for this fast because... Uh, I'm going to share with you next week exactly. We're going to fast for three main things. And the Lord has kind of laid on my heart. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to fast for those in that month. And call on God to do a work. And uh, I believe that he can do it. And so, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. It will be midnight, starting midnight from Sunday until Sunday service. So your Sunday afternoons, uh, you'll be free from your fast. But uh, don't panic. If you've been around here any length of time, um, it's there's some difficult fasts involved, but it's not. We're not going to ask you to starve for a month. That's not the kind of fast that we do. So uh, we want to challenge you. It's all about pushing down our flesh. Is what the fast is for. Praise God. We love you. I'm so glad to be back, and uh, looking forward to being with you Wednesday night. We'll be online. Be watching your emails daily or the one that uh, Terrence sends out as well. She's got more of the information stuff. Mine is the devotion. And every once in a while, I'll drop some information in there as well. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you all so very much. And I know my wife and boys and mother-in-law is excited to be here next week. So God bless you. Have a great, safe 4th of July. Love you all.